This is Talent Jockey Episode 2. All right, I am excited to be back. Episode two of Talent Jockey, a podcast for job seekers, recruiters, and hiring managers. I'm your host, Sean Kelly, providing an advice and insight into the world of talent acquisition. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. So, the title of this podcast episode is You Lost Your Job, Now What? But before we go into the main topic of discussion, just a few quick hits I wanted to put out there. And I didn't mention in the first episode is that this uh, series or this podcast is going to be available Monday mornings. I'm going to try to try to I'm going to record potentially on Saturdays, um, maybe Friday nights. It depends on my schedule, but I will get it dropped Monday morning. So my goal is to have it to you so that you have your podcatcher set up to get it early morning and it's already there and on your drive into work, you can start your work week with Talent Jockey. Um, and that would be that would be my ultimate goal. And I, I think that's not a problem. Also, with the show length, I never mentioned either. So I've gotten a little bit of feedback, not a ton as far as show length goes. But I know we're really busy and a lot of people don't have a lot of time to listen to uh, a show on the headphones um, throughout their day. And it sounds to me like... 30 minutes would be good. I think 45 is going to be kind of the run. Uh, I don't want to go too much over 45 because I think then we start getting into a longer show. I, I do a personal podcast of a hobby of mine and we do an hour and an hour for that's pretty good. We do a couple of different segments and that's more entertainment based and people can kind of tune in, tune out. I think with the job and the job seekers, managers, recruiters, um, which is the target audience of the show, 45 will be a little bit on the longer side and 30 minutes would be the sweet spot. So it's going to be between that. I'll just put it that way. It'll be between there. Uh, I will make every effort that I possibly have to not go over 45, but we may have an interview person uh, that may go longer. Who knows? So subject to change, but that's, that's the goal. Another thing I wanted to bring up. So this was interesting. And some of you that that know me um, will have a good chuckle at this. Um, so I've found out a good way to market yourself is be in an organization for almost four years, get to know a lot of good people, and um, have good relationships with them, and uh, go in and update your LinkedIn profile with another job. 
uh, you'll certainly get some some attention. Um, that's what I did. So I put Talent Jockey on my LinkedIn profile. I opted to display that update when it happened because you can have the option of turning that off, right? So if you make changes to your update and you don't want everybody to see them because um, maybe it's, it doesn't call for people to see them, maybe you're just tweaking the verbiage. Well, I added, um, I added Talent Jockey to my LinkedIn profile. And of course that notified everybody. And I did it one of two reasons, right? I wanted to get it out there and let everybody know so they could know one about my, my new venture and two, that they would actually listen to the show. And so I would get all kinds of different people, different, you know, customers I had years ago and staffing and, um, as a, an e-digital marketing web account manager individual, um, to when I did corporate recruiting, even, you know, current people I work with, I was like, oh my God, I didn't know you left. Congratulations, uh, you'll be missed. It's uh, what a you know disappointing news, but all the best of luck. While I'm still with my current employer, my, my day job has not gone away. Uh, I have not left completely uh, to pursue this only. So, um, but I got quite the, quite the attention doing that by, for sure. Um, actually, I stopped by you know, a couple people's offices and said, hey, just want to let you know I'm still here. Um, if you want to still meet, you know, let me know. Uh, my boss is, you know, it's funny. My boss was the one that didn't say anything at all. I don't even know if he knew I updated my LinkedIn profile, but uh, he might have gotten wind from other people. But anyways, it's just wanted to put that out there. Uh, I didn't mean to stir up any confusion or mass panic by any means, but, you know, I do appreciate everybody's well wishes, even just on the venture itself, um, aside from maybe I left, maybe I didn't, but a lot of kind words. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. And uh, so now, yeah, so we'll move on from that, right? So I, uh, I have a few people that had responded with some feedback for me and they said, hey, looks good, you know, good, good luck, you know, uh, it, it sounds interesting. And I said, well, why do you say it sounds interesting? Or what, what would you see, you know, you've probably read what the podcast is about on the, on the website, talentjockey.com. Tell me, what would you like to see if I did an episode? You know, I'm just curious. And so I had Michael, who I know, I've known with, I've known Michael, I've worked with Michael. And so he came to me in, uh, on, via Twitter and said, I'd like to see more of the candidate perspective. Um, I know what I know on the hiring side of hiring, <laughs> hiring side of hiring, hiring side of things, but would like the other side, meaning do candidates vet employers as we do candidates? And so, like I said, I worked with Michael, he's in HR and he's done recruiting and he may be doing that in his current position in human resources as well. So he asked about that. And then also uh, he goes on to ask what leads a candidate to turning down a role? So I'm guessing what he's getting at is either when the offer is made and the person says no thanks, or maybe even they face-to-face interview or phone interview and the candidate comes back and says, uh, I, I don't think this is a good fit for me. Uh, I'm going to withdraw from the the position or being considered. So what what may lead to that? So good things. Thank you, Michael. Much appreciated. I'm going to put those down on my topic to to talk about list and bring it up in uh, down the road for sure. And then, of course, Melissa. I know Melissa as well. She works in recruiting, in corporate recruiting, in human resources. Um, She's interested in innovative sourcing strategies. Uh, another thing she's also interested in is widening gap uh, both uh, with or between 
budgets and hiring volumes. I think I've read that right. Uh, doing more with less and how to differentiate your recruiting area, which is really interesting. And the war for talent is out there and happening. And she's on the front lines, ladies and gentlemen. So how does she, how do you differentiate your recruiting area from other people, right? Because it's competition. You're competing with other organizations in, in the marketplace, um, you know, candidates can pick and choose sometimes, uh, whether they know it or not. Another one that they, she brought up was addressing quality of hire and improving the quality of hire. So I think with that one, you got to you to have a way to measure quality of hire because you can't improve it if you don't know. Maybe you're doing really great. Um, but if you know where you are in the baseline set, how do you improve it? And I could talk a little bit about that as well. And then roles, relationships between recruiters and hiring managers, how to work together and not as opposing forces. That is an awesome topic. And like this show is about, I talk about job seekers, recruiters, and hiring managers. They all have a common goal. And what I equate to it is all three of them are playing three different instruments. And they may play each instrument very well. But if they're not all playing the right song in the right key with the right time, it's not, it's not going to work. It, it may work, but it may not work as well as it should. And so it's getting everybody on the same sheet of music, as we say, right? And not only the same sheet of music, but right in the right key and playing the song in the right time. And if you know anything about music, there's 4-4 four, four time, three, four time, right? So you can pick up the tempo faster, slower. It's bringing it all together as a trio of elegant musicians play a symphony of talent acquisition. How about that for cheesy? I think you get my point. Anyways, let's go into the topic of discussion, shall we? So you lost your job. Now what? So I've lost my job before. I've been terminated. It sucks. Let's put it out there, right? If you haven't, good for you. Um, but I can tell you, if you know somebody that has been laid off, terminated, downsized, whatever you want to, whatever terminology you want to put to it, they don't have a job anymore. Uh, empathize with them, even if you haven't. Um, it it sucks. It really, really. I mean, I I use the word sucks. It's not very proper professionally. Um, but let's, I mean, let's put it out there, right? I could probably use expletives other than that, but it just, it can, so we'll get by that, right? It sucks. Here's the deal. You got to get over it. You got to get over it. You may have resentment to your old employer. You might feel like a victim, might have been somebody else's false, false, somebody's else's fault. Um, it's going to be feeling like somebody slugged you in the gut goes on and on and it doesn't do you any good. There's a lot of uncertainty for sure involved. You don't know what's doing. People inherently do appreciate structure. And a job that takes up anywhere between 8 and 12 hours a day, some even work longer. Sometimes the I mean I know an individual that I know, he I mean he's almost defined by the position he has. And it, it it's just a blow. That's really hard to grasp. 
because everything you do every day, Monday through Friday, typically, sometimes it's not always Monday through Friday, but even five or three days, five days, seven days of the week, there's a routine, right? You know where you're going, what's expected, what you're doing, who you're working with, what's at stake, you know how to interact with the individuals you're dealing with. Uh, you, you know, you go and then when the day's done, I mean, you might have lunch in there, who you talk to during lunch. The end of the day, you run errands, you know, you know when the end of the day is going to be, you know, the strategy or path that the company is going to take. And then all of it, it's, it's just pulled out from underneath you. And it's not even gradual. It's done. It's, hi, we're going to escort you to the door. Have a nice day. We'll send you your stuff. That, it, oh, I, I've been there. It just totally is demoralizing. But you have to get over it. And this is what we're going to do to help you out, okay? So first of all, you don't know this, but it can get better. You don't have to go any lower. It can only go up. And I've been terminated once before. I won't go into a ton of details, but it stunk. It really just stunk. As a matter of fact, I've been terminated twice. And I can honestly say the last time I was terminated, and it was really hard for me to grasp. I'll, I'll go into this as just a touch. It was really hard for me to grasp, and it was, a, it was a big blow to me personally because I've had such a hard work ethic. And I thought, oh, the people that don't have hard work ethics are the ones that get fired or laid off, right? They're the ones that are underperformers. And that's not true. The place that I had worked with, I was a, a leading performer um, in the position that I was in, um, but it, it – it's a long story. I won't get into the details, but they let me go. Looking back now, best thing that ever happened. Best thing. But you don't know it. You don't see it. Hindsight's twenty twenty, And I've had individuals, and I've told them that, look, this is, yes, it sucks. It's going to get, be, it's going to get better. They get a new position. They get paid more. They have more challenges. Their skills get get heightened, right? They get to use more of them. Their input is more valuable. Um, they work with new people. It's, it's a fresh scene, different route to work. Maybe the schedule changes, better benefits. And then they look back and go, man, I can't believe I stayed at that place 10 years. This is, this is so much more awesome. Now it's the honeymoon phase, granted. And maybe in another 10 years, they'll be in the same rut they were in their prior employer. But I'm telling you, it opened a lot of doors for me. Otherwise I'd be still doing the same job and I would be probably hating it every day and, you know, just a miserable person, um, personally. So hang in there. Let's get to the point, right? All right. So it doesn't have to be bad. You'll realize it later. So neat things that you need to start doing right away. So there's a few things. I'm just going to highlight them. General overview that you should be doing right away. One unemployment file for it. So some may think, you know, some of us have some pride and they don't feel as though you don't feel as though you um, should file for unemployment. You don't want a handout. It's not a handout, ladies and gentlemen. Employers pay this. It's, it's the cost of doing business. It's the cost of having hires. So when they do run into the situation, and usually it's by layoff, that they have that that individual can file for unemployment and get a weekly check. Now. So file for it. Now, an, an individual organization can contest it. So if they think they've filed you or fi fired you or terminated you 
with a particular cause and it's justified, they may contest it. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't file. What happens is, at least in the state of Wisconsin, you'll file, and I don't know if this has changed. It's been a long time since I've gotten unemployment. But you would file. They would you know, take all your information down, figure out how much you were getting paid, and then they will cut you a check every week. And it's tax. There's no taxes, but you will get taxed at the end of the year. So make sure you set aside enough money for those taxes. But you get start getting that, and then the employer can contest it. And if the employer contests it and they win, you may have to pay that money back. So it's it's tricky. It sucks. But just keep that in mind. Now, when I went through, I was terminated for one of my positions. They contested it. And I actually, I actually won. They found in my favor. And the one reason they did, the reason they found in my favor was because it was a bad judgment call. And it wasn't out of maliciousness to the company. And it wasn't for me it wasn't me purposely going out of my way to uh, the decision I made wasn't directly attributed to being detrimental to the company. I didn't do it out of malice. Um, And so they said, you know, it was a bad judgment call. He shouldn't have probably done it, but they don't find it. um, They didn't find that as being the reason that they should not grant me uh, unemployment. So make sure you do that. Health benefits. So if you got COBRA coming to you, Obamacare is an option, private insurance, make sure you're covered. Um, it's tough. That's a whole other debate, another whole other topic about health health insurance, in, at least in the U.S., but make sure you get some health benefits. And then the next thing, get into a routine. Get into a routine. There's a few reasons why you want to get into a routine, right? And I say a routine and, and kind of stick to it Monday through Friday. Get up at a particular time, go to bed at a particular time, do certain things at certain times during the day. They may change day to day. You know, say, well, I'm going to walk and exercise Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at three o'clock and then Tuesday, Thursdays, I'm not. But at least make it a routine through the week in some form or another. One, it's going to keep your energy up, up, right? If you're sitting around sulking, um, it's not going to do you any good. You're going to slump lower and you don't need to go any lower. So get into a routine. Um, it'll provide structure, right? So our job provides a lot of our structure, get up, go to work, take lunch, do my job, do this, meet with these people, go home, pick up the kids, whatever structure. If you get a routine going, it'll provide a lot more structure to your life and you'll actually get some things accomplished that you'll need to, which is finding your next opportunity. And then, of course, um, if I said this and hinted towards it, it prevents you from falling into a slump and you don't need to fall down any further. You got to need to rise up. So do that. All right. Set some goals. Set some goals. So why do you want to set some goals? Uh, some of us are very good at goal setting and some of us aren't so much. And some of us do it and they don't, we really don't realize it. Uh, I'm one of those guys. Like I know I have goals, but I don't write them down but I know they're in my brain. Write them down, put some dates down. I get some goals for Talent Jockey. I've got them written on a big whiteboard. And I actually have the month that I want to make sure those are in place by that certain month. And it does intrinsically, in you know, it gives a vision to it and some perspective, and it makes it more concrete when you do that. So have some goals. Um, one, it'll give you a sense of fulfillment, right? So um, fulfillment, what do I mean by that? I mean, I did, I had a goal of like doing some 
home projects when I was unemployed, in addition to all the job search stuff that I wanted to do. So I kept myself busy. Um, I did our, I did our, I put in some floors in our house, small sections. Um, I put in a patio with pavers or bricks. Um, that was fun. You know, been digging dirt. And that was also, it alleviated some stress for me and just had me focus in on that and digging dirt and removing that and putting in pavers. But that's not the only thing I did. So um, then I would also do, it gives you a sense of purpose. And then uh, people like to stay busy is another thing. They do, typically. Good people. I wouldn't say good people, but there's something to be saying, you know, there's something to be said about folks that sit on the couch eating bonbons all day and not accomplishing anything, right? So don't be that person. Employers are going to wonder what you've been doing uh, during your time on unemployment. Um, So this will give you something to talk about. Uh, you know, I did this, I did this, I did this, kept myself busy. You know, I'd wake up every day at this time. I'd go and look for a position. You know, I did some home projects that involved this and that. You know, if you come back and you have to say, yeah, I didn't do much or, well, I was looking for a job, duh. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not the way to roll. All right. So, Job search. Now getting to the points of actually getting into the nitty gritty of what you want to do to actually propel yourself into getting your next opportunity. All right. Ten of them. I got ten of them. We're going to go through all ten. A couple of them I think are really related. I didn't want to say nine. I wanted to say ten. So we got ten. Ready? You can write this down. It'll be in the show notes. It's up to you. Number one, job alerts. Go online. I like Indeed.com. They've been around for a while. They're a big job aggregator. So what they do is they crawl different employers' websites and the job sections of those websites or those career sections and index a lot of those jobs. They'll also index a lot of like job boards like Monster, Dice, and some of those other ones. I don't know the specifics, but a lot of different job boards they will index and, it's an, and aggregate those. When you register with Indeed, it's free. As far as I know, last time I checked. And when you do, you uh, put in your email and uh, you set up keywords and uh, a radius of your your location and your radius, right? Like a zip code and a radius. You know, I want to find jobs 75 miles, 80 miles, 100 miles. And then whenever it finds a job that matches those keywords within that area, it will give you an alert with the link to that job posting. So that's one way of getting the web to work for you, um, which I can highly recommend, right? Saves you a little bit of time. All right, so that's number one. Number two, update your resume. No brainer. Some people may argue, is the resume dead yet? No, it's not. It's still out there. It's just a good reference sheet for what you've done and, and the impact you've had on organizations. So update your resume. Of course, the old adage is you should always have an updated resume and update it as you go along within your career. God, I don't know how many people, a percentage, it's got to be more than 65, 80%. I don't know what it is. Don't keep their resume up to date. So if it's not up to date, you're not alone, but make sure it gets there, right? Update LinkedIn. All right, linkedin.com. If you've never heard of it, crawl out from underneath the rock you're hiding and get on linkedin.com. It is a professional network. It's similar. So social media, right? It's similar to, I say similar because it's social media. It's like Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, uh, MySpace, Friendster. But this is the professional social network platform. 
fill out a profile, make it robust. Don't, don't lie on what you did, just like your resume. So it's like an online resume site. Um, so get LinkedIn up there, put a profile picture up there, some good um, statements of what you've done in each position, your education, um, skills, organizations, volunteer work, lots of different things you can put on there. So get that profile robust enough where it's interesting and people want to look at it and understand, you know, even if they have your resume, they'll check you out on LinkedIn. And then uh, we'll, then you want to start networking. So number three, LinkedIn. Number four, networking. And that ties into LinkedIn. So when you get on LinkedIn, start networking with people that you already know. It'll go. It'll even give you the option of going through your email list and your contact list and say, hey, we know these people are all on LinkedIn. Want to connect to them? Sure. And then you just, they'll send out invites to everybody in your contact list. Now you may say, well, I don't know if I want to do that. That's kind of spammy, isn't it, Sean? No, not necessarily. Um, I do like personally kind of adding a personal touch when I send a LinkedIn invite to somebody. But if you know them, you'll be all right. Um, So start networking through LinkedIn and online in general. Probably more LinkedIn than anything is going to fit fit into play. And then also in person. And you're like, wow, geez, in person? What do you mean? How, How should I do that? Well, I would... Either go through your current network and, and figure out who you know, um, what they do, have coffee with them. What, you know, I would set up maybe two, two in person at least uh, a week. If you can do it every day, great. That may be stretching it a little bit. Um, do it coffee, I would suggest. That way you're not having to pay for a meal every time for lunch and get into who pays for what or whatever because um, you invited them or they invited you. Just make a coffee, um, maybe even in personal um, impersonal, not professional, personal. That's what I meant to say. But uh, meet up with them um, and let them know, hey, I'm unemployed. And I just want to reach out to you. Would you be open to coffee? Um, or, you know, it could be, you know, a recruiting professional. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm wondering about registering with your firm. Can I talk to you? Would you be open to, to discussing things? Uh, what have you? Um, that's one way to do it. So start networking. The last like four positions I've had, I've gotten because I've networked. Yeah, I had a resume, I had a good background, but literally how I got turned on to the position was is the person I knew. I either had them say, hey, I want you to come over and work for me, which is the last two positions I've had, or hey, I, I here's a job, you should go and apply for it. I apply for it. I know the person that's it, that's running the position and because we've met, and that gives me a kind of a shoe in because they know who I am because I've met with them before uh, in a different capacity. I, I just cannot emphasize the importance of networking. I really can't. Um, tell your neighbors. So I don't want to beat this uh, dead horse, but networking is is really intricate. And I say um, what I wanted to get to or get at a little bit is I'm a Gen Xer and then I have my mom and dad are baby boomers and I think there was a stigma with being unemployed, right? Nobody wanted to tell anybody if you got laid off. You just kind of like, you'd always hear it from the spouse or a relative or a neighbor or a friend, but maybe not directly from the individual. And that's because there's like a, there was just a stigma, a shame that went along with it. Nowadays in this world, man, you got to go out there and you have to tell everybody. You do. So anyways, start networking online and in person. Now, number four. Number five, peruse job boards. That kind of goes along with number one in job alerts and Indeed. 
But if there's some that you need to go to directly and post resumes and then look through those jobs, and if they have ways to notify you, certainly do that um, by all means. To me, job boards are, they have their place in the hiring process. Um, I'm not a huge fan of job boards, but I think a lot of them have come quite a ways and have changed and tried to adapt to the times um, versus just posting positions out there and having people apply. So now there's some other different services that they may incorporate into their platforms. So check those out. Number six, number six, I'm on number six, attend career fairs. If you know of any in the, in the, your neck of the woods, if there's a job center register there, they usually know of the different career fairs, whether they're at colleges, universities, if you're eligible to go. And I say eligible, if it's at a university and you're not a student, you may not be able to go there. But if a county has a job fair, the state, um, the city, uh, maybe a particular organization, open, open houses, Make sure you, you check those out. And when you do it, dress the part. Um, and if you don't, if you're really, you know, opposed to dressing up when you go out and talk to individuals, at least dress in nice pants, gentlemen, dress nice pants, decent shoes, no white socks. Keep the white socks on the basketball court. And then a button up shirt with a collar. If you got a jacket, throw the jacket on. All right. The last thing I would want to see, and I have seen it, is you go, I'm I'm a vendor, right? I'm an individual representing an organization at a job fair. An individual comes up to me with flip-flops, cargo shorts, and a t-shirt and hands me their resume. I mean, it's unless they were hard to find skill set, which they wouldn't be there anyway, right? One, they wouldn't be at a job fair. So that tells you one thing. Um, you to me that says you're not taking your job search seriously and if you're not taking your job search seriously i'm not going to take you seriously simple as that so just look the part um when you go to career fairs because you don't you want to impress people um number seven association events associations organizations industry uh, meetups uh, find out where they are, when they meet, show up. Now you want to go there. There's two reasons when you want to go to these. One is you want to keep in touch with the industry you're in and the changes. They probably provide some more valuable uh, value to you when it comes to your work. But it also allows you to network, right? AKA C number four, right? Um, you You want to make sure you're going there you don't want to convey that you're going there only to network and tell everybody that you don't have a job. You actually do, you do want to learn some things. So make sure you have some discretion when you do go to some organizations like that. It'd be like going as a recruiter, it'd be like me going to, you know, an IT um, user group. And all I would do is just, you know, shove recruiting down their throats, right? I would actually want to learn a little bit about what those folks are doing. And in passing and in talk and conversation, I'd say, oh, I know. Oh, by the way, I'm a recruiter and let me know if you're ever interested in, in an opportunity. Same thing with um, you as an unemployed individual. You go there and say, oh, I'm, yeah, I do this and I did that. And I, this works for worked for us and this didn't work for us. And I'm familiar with that technology or that platform. But uh, yeah, I'm, oh, no, by the way, I'm, I'm looking for a position. So if you do happen to have something like that, you know, I, I think I could help you out 
awesome kind of way to slide that in there. So association events, check that out. Consider registering with a staffing firm, number eight, staffing firms. Um, some people say, well, I don't want to temp. Look, you're not doing anything. Give it a shot. The, the worst thing that can happen is they put you on a, an assignment, whether it's a week, few days, or a month, maybe a year, and you get some income. You might get some benefits. You're going to network with people in that organization. They may even hire you outright. So it's a foot in the door. They can do some um, ground pounding for you. They have sets of employers that they may work with pretty intimately. And if they think that you're a good fit at that employer, they may have a shoe in um, at that employer that that you may not have even going through the normal channels like HR or you know submitting your resume. So I would strongly consider a staffing firm. Okay. And then some, you know, and they're, they're, fo- some of them have their own focus. So if you're an IT person, there's IT centric staffing firms, engineers, um, office folks, it runs the gamut. So make sure you find one that's up your alley. I would even say explore two or three of them. Um, cause some of them work with different clients within the same marketplace. Number nine, keep track of your progress, have a spreadsheet because this may be a long journey. You might have to suck it up for a little, little while longer, right? I mean, we always, the, the longer we go, the closer you are to landing something, but it could be, you know, Hey, I'm unemployed in January and it's October. Can you remember who you applied to in February? If you're tracking your progress, you can. And if you talk to a staffing firm, and they may say, hey, have you ever applied to this company? And you can say, well, let me check. Yes, I have. Or no, I'm not sure. Why would you want to know that? One, it'll let them know quicker and they can react faster if an employer is interested in somebody like you. they'll know The staffing firm will know that. Because if they have to wait for you to go, well, I'm not sure, I don't. that doesn't tell the recruiter anything. And they don't want to double submit you um, and get in any trouble and disqualify you from any any positions that you may qualify later down the road. Because some of those companies may keep your information on file for a while. And if a staffing firm submits you, you may be disqualified from getting anything at all. All right. So keep track of your progress. It also allows you to kind of figure out where you've you're, you've gone, who you've applied to, who you've spoken to. Um, write that stuff down. Oh, I got to have phone interview. Okay. With who? And they're in HR. So then when you go into a face-to-face, you can go, oh, it's, it's Jane in, in HR. I I remember her. Okay. I spoke to her. I'm meeting her at the door. Great. Okay. Excellent. Who else? She mentioned the hiring manager's name is, you know, Stacy. Awesome. I got her. Okay. Stacy, nice to meet you. She, her title, you know, and it just keeps track and put it on that spreadsheet. So you, then you have a running track of what's going on. So if you ever go into face-to-face, you can write that information down. You can reference it when the people are in front of you. And then number 10, exercise. Look, I am far from Mr. Universe. I know, hard to believe. You could tell by the voice, I'm probably ripped beyond belief, but I'm not. As a matter of fact, before I started the podcast, I went and drank one of my cafe vanilla frappuccinos. It's probably about 500 calories, and I'm going to balloon out uh, beyond belief and go into a diabetic shock eventually. But... I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to start walking. You should too. doesn't mean you have to hit the weights and, you know, get into, um, you know, being Mr. or Mrs. Universe, but it, it does, you know, just for, you know, walks, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever it is, you can get out there each day or every other day. You know, there's 
science out there that proves how beneficial exercise is, endorphins releases different chemicals in your in your body, um, and all beneficial. And it, you know you can let your mind go, or you can focus in on something without any outside distractions. It's really critical that you exercise, uh, especially and it'll alleviate some stress um, that just comes with. Oh my God, I'm unemployed. What am I going to do? So exercise. So let's go through them quick. Number one, job alerts and Indeed. Number two, update your resume. Number three, update LinkedIn. Number four, start networking online and in person. Number five, peruse the job boards. Number six, attend career fairs. Number seven, association events, meetups, clubs, organizations. Uh, Number eight, consider registering with a staffing firm. Number nine, keep track of your progress. And then number 10, exercise. So I think that's pretty much um, sums up a lot of uh, the 10 steps are pretty important, but hopefully this will give you a starting point to get on to your next journey, next opportunity. Trust me, and everything will be just fine, just You're going to have to endure some pretty big obstacles, but it's something that you can certainly handle, right? You've probably faced harder hardships in your life, right? You got your health. Hopefully everything's well otherwise. So the next topic we're going to be talking about is resume writing. If you have questions about resume writing, send me a voicemail. Call 608-616-0775 with the intentions of potentially being put on the air so we can play that. What questions may you have? Otherwise, if you could do me a favor and you, you know, getting some value out of this show and you may have friends or family or even enemies that could benefit from this or torture them with, go into the iTunes store uh, in podcasts. I have a link on talentjockey.com and leave a review for me. Gets me more exposure um, it gets it gets this show in front of more people that may need help in these areas. Otherwise, I will let you go. Thank you again for listening to Talent Jockey. My name's Sean Kelly. I appreciate it. Have a good day.